0: For anyone trying to start a new program, funding is crucial. The big question is, how do you attract dollars to your initiative? I'm Rob Wolf, Director of Communications at the Center for Court Innovation, and I turn to Burke Fitzpatrick for an answer to that question. Mr. Fitzpatrick is the Administrator of the Office of Justice Programs in the South Carolina Department of Public Safety, and his team oversees the distribution of federal justice dollars in his state. Mr. Fitzpatrick participated in a panel on funding at Community Justice 2012, the International Conference of Community Courts. I caught up with him afterward to talk about why he thinks South Carolina's problem-solving courts have been a good investment and to get a sense of what he looks for in a funding application. Thank you very much, Burke, for taking the time to talk to me. Pleasure to be here. Why are you interested in community courts, given your capacity as overseer of the federal monies that are distributed in in South Carolina, federal justice dollars? Let me first give you a little context. Uh, My office does
1: distribute uh, and manage uh, much of the federal law enforcement funds that come from the Department of Justice, as well as victim of crimes money and juvenile justice grant funds. And we've been doing that for a very long time. And in South Carolina, we don't have a very distinguished record as far as our rankings in violent crime and crime and property crime in general, Uh, in the last decade, we've been ranked number one per capita in violent crime in the country. And we're not in that ranking right now. We we slipped to number two, thankfully, and maybe down. we're down to five. We're heading in the right direction. But for all those years and and before, my office uh, put a lot of money into law enforcement to to fight violent crime with a number of initiatives, uh, multi-jurisdictional narcotics task forces, uh, all kinds of things. But what we didn't address, and I think this this was an oversight, which we are now trying to correct, which we didn't address, is the piece on the court's because you can arrest a lot of people, either for minor crimes or or major crimes. The major crimes are probably going to do prison time, but the minor crimes, which affect the quality of life and lead to, I think, violent crime numbers in a state actually, if you ignore those folks, then you're not solving the problem. So we now think that putting some resources into specialized courts, such as community courts, such as domestic violence courts, uh, such as mental health courts, and other types of specialized courts here is a wise investment because we're going to break that revolving door. that We're going to break that chain where the offenders who start out perhaps as low-level offenders, although it's very, very serious the people they impact as low-level offenders, we With these courts, we can reintegrate them into the community, get them sober and stable and employed and have sufficient supervision perhaps for a period of time where they're a contributing member of the community and not someone maybe who's going to graduate to a more and more serious crime. So in a nutshell, we've been putting a lot of money in the law enforcement side and neglecting to a great extent the the community corrections uh, or community court side. And now I think it's time to, to balance that out. And interestingly, it comes at a time when federal grant funds are diminishing. So it's, it's going to be even more difficult to do that. Um, I think law enforcement in our state and many states has sort of been used to taking advantage, uh, rightfully so, of the justice assistance grants and the burn funds and other funds. But they need to see, and I think many, many of our law enforcement officers do, but they don't want to be locking up the same people again and again either. And they don't want their, their communities to suffer the, um, the same problems uh, over and over again that these courts might be able to solve. So we've got good track records with some of our domestic violence courts. We've got good track records for our mental health courts. Don't have enough of them. They don't in- impact enough people. Uh, and they're not a perfect solution,
0: but um, they're headed in the right direction. So you have had experience with these kinds of problem solving courts and you're saying that uh, your experience has been positive. They have been positive. Uh, We have funded, out of my office, uh, domestic violence courts and mental health courts. Uh,
1: They've all been successful. They've got very, very talented people, judiciary and staff support and uh, all kinds of community resources behind them. But I I question whether we're going to ever get to a point where I can have enough of them to make sort of a tidal change in the kind of crime rates we're talking about. Uh, But certainly it's the right thing to do for the judiciary. Um, and it's the right thing to do for the criminal justice system.
0: What factors are you weighing? What are you looking for in an applicant who's coming to you and saying, you know, we have a great idea, we want to start this kind of court or this kind of program?
1: It's an interesting question because uh, for a grants administrator, there's always a question as to where you where you put your resources. And in my office, we've taken the philosophy that we will reach out to everybody, make them aware of these possibilities, make them aware of the grant solicitation resources out there. but we're not wise enough to get on the community level and decide if that's a good place or the next county is a good place or the next city is a good place. So we let them come to us. We let those proposals come to our office because they've already shown the initiative and the interest and they've talked amongst themselves and got buy-in probably from law enforcement and courts and and, uh, probation, parole and pardon services and the alcohol and drug abuse folks on the local level before they send us the grant application. Then we'll we'll look at it and, and maybe give us some guidance on budget and structure and evaluation and and, uh, make sure they have measurable objectives and good performance indicators. And then it's our job to take that application and put it against all the others because we get millions of more dollars worth of requests than we we can fulfill and say that's the project we need to fund at the expense of others that aren't going to get funded. And we've been successful in that because I think the uh, council and board that we report to see the big picture the same way we do in that if we just concentrate on one part of the criminal justice system, we're just not going to be
0: successful. And have you found that there is some resistance in some parts within perhaps law enforcement or the judiciary to some of these alternative approaches or are people welcoming these ideas with open arms at this point? Let me speak candidly here. When
1: drug courts first were initiated around the country and I think also in South Carolina, the title drug court to the general public meant that you had a special court set up to crack down on drug offenders and that was okay. Because that's really not what the court was supposed to to be about. It was supposed to break that link of continued criminality uh, and continued recidivism. So we didn't get too much criticism from, from the public because they thought well, this was a, a, a tougher, tougher measure. And I think as people began to understand what that drug court was about and saw its successes, they said, hey, this isn't a bad idea. This is a good idea. Mental health courts, I think the community adopted that idea right away. I think the uh, the um, private sector, the communities, the retailers, they knew that, that these panhandlers and the folks who were making, you know, minor thieves and people were scrawling graffiti or peeing and urinating all over the front, the, their business, they know they're crazy. I mean, that's not a, you know, politically correct word. But, yeah, they are, and they need special help. Uh, and they immediately endorsed uh, the mental health courts, I think. Domestic violence courts, that takes that's a very specialized crime, and, you know, we, we need to work with those offenders so it doesn't escalate. And, uh, and, and people seem to adopt that pretty well as well.
0: And so given, as you referred to, the reduction in federal dollars, where does that leave states and communities in terms of of the strategies or the options open to them? Well, there's ways
1: to initiate community courts with very little initial funding input. Traditionally, it's been done through grants because most counties and municipalities just don't have unprogrammed dollars sitting around on their shelf saying, gosh, what a great idea. Let's start a court. So they come to maybe a state administrative agency like mine and say, I'd like a a grant uh, if you have grant money. But after two or three years or four years, we'll stand on our own two feet. And that's the model we've used in South Carolina. The first year is getting it all together and getting organized and, and getting that uh, client-defendant population to play. Second year is really hitting your stride and working out all the kinks and getting some good data. And the third year, the third year's critical. So the third year, you're going back to your county council, your city council, or whomever you can find, and saying, listen, these grant funds are going to be withdrawn, but we have demonstrated success, here's our numbers, and that community really understands what that community court's about. If they've been in the court, if they actually seen it, they realize, okay, there's real people here acting compassionately and fairly but firmly. That community can say, we understand that, we're the the community safer, we're saving valuable tax dollars, and we ought to continue
0: it. Great. Well, I, I really appreciate your taking the time to talk to me. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be invited to the conference. Thank you very much. Great job. Thank you. And uh, I've been speaking with Bert Fitzpatrick, who's the administrator of the Office of Justice Programs of the South Carolina Department of Public Safety. I am Rob Wolf, Director of Communications at the Center for Court Innovation. To hear more podcasts, you can visit our website at www.courtinnovation.org.